On today's episode of Relative Currency, we definitely just enjoyed every moment of luxury. I was born and raised really frugal in Flint, Michigan. My mother was a single mother. My father was in my life the entire time, you know, so it was like a co-parenting situation, but both of them extremely frugal. So growing up in that way, I never really spent money on myself. It wasn't until I married my husband that I saw the other side of things, of using money in a way that serves you to fulfill you. Brother, sister, and cousin, we've been relatives for a while. We're chatting about financial things. We're doing it family style. Cryptocurrency, stocks and loans, financial literacy. It'll be that and so much more on Relative Currency. You're listening to Relative Currency, fine-tuning financial literacy for the middle class. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the episode of Relative Currency. I'm Frank here with Alicia and Treffin, and we're so glad you could join us today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show. We're on iTunes, Podbean, and all other major podcast platforms. Visit relativecurrency.com and get a free wealth building guide, which we're sure you'll enjoy. Uh, this this episode is, is going to be really special. I say that about all of them, but this one, is, I really mean it this time. Um, we have a special guest, uh, an amazing, uh, amazing uh woman, entrepreneur. I don't want to tease her bio because Alicia is going to kind of share that, but I'm just really excited uh, to, to have her on the show. Just blessed. Uh, looking forward to the information that's going to be learned and just hopefully what you'll be able to get from uh, her being on, on this program as well. So without further ado, uh, Alicia, please uh, introduce our esteemed guest and uh, let's let's get her story rolling. Hi, this is Alicia. I am honored to introduce Dr. Brittany Halford. She is an MD and an MPH, which means she has her master's in public health. She's an internal medicine physician, originally from Flint, Michigan. She attended the University of Michigan, go blue for college. She completed medical school and her MPH at Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine. Currently, Dr. Halford is a dedicated hospitalist in Boston. She's the former quality improvement director of the section of hospital medicine and a department finance committee member. Besides her medical pursuits, Dr. Halford is a passionate money coach, empowering early career women in healthcare to achieve more joy through personalized money management strategies. She shares her experiences, including the amazing experience of paying off $138,000 in student loans within three years while balancing travel, investments, and motherhood on her YouTube channel. Notably, she also assists in managing the finances of her husband's small private practice. Yes, y'all, it's a two-doctor family. She is a dedicated mother to her children, Brooke and Kevin Jr., aka KJ. And I was very pleased and honored to meet her at the White Coat Investor Conference in 2023. And she is a featured presenter and speaker at the 2024 conference, which will occur 
February 5th to 8th of this year. Welcome, Dr. Brittany Halford. Thank you. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Nice to meet Treffin and Frank. So Dr. Halford, or Dr. Brittany, excuse me, you know, just again, all, all the accomplishments that you've done, I think, you know, what are you most proud of? I know that you, there's so many things that were listed, the, you know, obviously you're a doctor, you're a mother, you're a coach, like what in the last, I, I mean, let me reframe that, what, what in the last year or two has brought you the most joy in your life? That is a very good question. And thank you for asking. Um, the first thing that comes to mind as far as joy was a recent trip that I took with my husband. We went to Las Vegas. He was presenting at a conference. And thankfully, my mother and aunt came to Boston and they provided us with childcare. So I tagged along. If you're going to spend nights in a Vegas hotel room, then your wife wants to be in the building. And we definitely just enjoyed every moment of luxury. I was born and raised really frugal in Flint, Michigan. My mother was a single mother. My father was in my life the entire time, you know, so it was like a co-parenting situation, but both of them extremely frugal. So growing up in that way, I never really spent money on myself. It wasn't until I married my husband that I saw the other side of things, of using money in a way that serves you to fulfill you. Because really, what's the point of going to work and expending your time and energy for money when you can't actually enjoy it? So my husband and I, we took a first class flight to Las Vegas. We had nice hotel rooms. We ordered in. We saw Usher. We went to the Raiders game and sat like in the first front row. It was a great game. I'm not a big football fan, hence the reason why I don't watch Michigan's games. But like when I'm in the building, I definitely am going to enjoy myself. And I, you know, can call out a few touchdowns, interceptions, you know, fumbles, things like that. So we were in Vegas. We lived it up. We saw Ashanti. We saw Usher. We went to the Raiders game. And we really just turned inward. When you have two small children, you know, the conversations often are around the logistics. Who's going to pick who up? What's your work schedule? We have to pay this bill. We need to invest this way. Okay, we have <laughs> this amount of taxes due coming up. And although my husband was there for a conference, the time that he was not presenting, we really just turned towards each other. And it was a great way to revitalize some of the romance that is lost when you're just home and taking care of kids and changing diapers and going to work. <laughs> yes. I, so I just wanted to say it's very inspiring to know that it's possible to have a thriving career and also make sure your priorities are in order and be able to put your relationship uh, where it needs to be in terms of uh, managing your your even your day-to-day -day and then how you're going to spend your leisure time. 
what do you find most challenging as you've built your brand and your business in terms of modeling uh, the the sort of um, roles that you want to play in terms of motherhood and in terms of marriage? Yeah, that is a phenomenal question because it is challenging. Um, when I first started my business, and so I have always had this entrepreneurial spirit, even as a young child, you know, lemonade stands. Uh, my friend and I, whenever there were parties, like corporate parties, we would go and we would be a hostess serving, you know, the foods and things of that nature. I just created jobs for myself. I've always been that type of person. And so because the financial coaching business, more joy, more wealth is not the only business that I have going on right now. We also have a hair accessories brand, Bramlin and Rose, that my daughter is a model for. So I'm managing two businesses, building relationships and continuing relationships with my spouse, raising two small children, and also working clinically as a physician. It is challenging to have all of those balls in the air sometimes all at once. And at one point in time, my husband said, well, you know, I don't know when is a safe time to interrupt you because after you put the kids to bed, you're trying to respond to client um, coaching emails, build out the curriculum or read more financial um, news so that you can stay abreast of what topics are current. So establishing those boundaries of, okay, this is what I need to do in order to feel fulfilled and satisfied that I'm doing a good job in my career, home, and also pursuing the things that bring me passion and making sure that you create those boundaries, but you also adhere to those boundaries. So one of the ways that I was able to create a boundary is I used to coach one-on-one -on -one when I first started my coaching business. And because I'm working clinically, in order to be consistent with that schedule of coaching clients, then that meant that my coaching calls occurred after bedtime, usually around 8 p.m. Now, you're going to hit a limit because they're only seven days a week. <laughs> so that means that seven evenings, unless you want to stay up to coaching somebody at 11 p.m. And ain't nobody got time for that because you got to sleep and you got to go take care of patients. And we know that that sleep is critical. So that meant that I was capped at literally four, four coaching clients. So what I shifted is to a group coaching model where I only met clients once a week, every two weeks on a biweekly basis. And that way on the off week, I was able to build out the curriculum, really dive into the logistics of the business to make sure that the marketing and all of that stuff was in order and coach while having the remaining evenings available for family time, self-care or spousal interaction. So that is one of the ways that I've created boundaries. But just like my company is called More Joy, More Wealth, I just focus on the stuff that brings me joy. And a lot of the other stuff kind of goes to the wayside. So, you know, if you look around in my condo right now, the table has a bunch of papers on it because I haven't organized them. And unfortunately, cleaning and organization 
like the act of organizing doesn't bring me joy. I do like organized and clean spaces, but it doesn't bring me joy. So I'm like, okay, I could take care of this at a later date. And I just say, you know, it's good enough for now. And trying to find some comfort and peace in that. Wow, that's really, really good. Uh, again, this is Do Dr. Brittany. I would call her full name, Dr. Brittany Halford, uh, joining us. And we, we definitely appreciate her. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, uh, Relative Currency. We're on iTunes, Podbean, all other major podcast platforms. Visit relativecurrency.com. Gives it a free wealth building guide, which we are sure you will enjoy there. Um, I want to ask you a question. Now, I listen to one of your Instagram um I'm actually going to ask you a two-part question. Um, well, I'm, maybe I'll just start with this first part. Let me not get ahead of myself. So one of the things I really liked you talked about is um, figuring out, you know, when you want to invest in something, it's not just the cost. It's if there's other, other things or, 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 or really examining the risk and looking at not just the financial risk, right? Like you, you gave an example where, hey, you if you give $20,000, you can lose it all. That's your financial risk. But what about, you know, the part about, you know, losing your peace, losing your relationships, straining relationships. I think that's something. Um, what what lesson happened that caused you to learn that there was more to an investment than just the money? And is there a story or an example you have where you realize that it's not just about the $10,000, $5,000 I invested. There's there's something else behind this and that, you know, there's there's more to the investment than just that. What, you know, what story can you share about that? Yeah. So um, a couple of stories. One, whenever I'm coaching or thinking about money now, it is more than numerical. Growing up, money was all about the numbers. Okay. I'm going to go to the grocery store. This thing is on sale or um, this brand is less expensive. So that's the one that I'm going to get. This opportunity presented, but mm, it costs this amount. That means that I can't have it. Growing up, I was under a scarcity mindset in which I allowed money to be the dictator. It told me when and when I couldn't do something. And that didn't feel good. And when you think about money and money behaviors, it's all about the psychology. So oftentimes when we're thinking about how do we make wise money decisions? You are spending and exchanging your money for a reason, whether that's prestige, whether that's comfort, whether that's a necessity, there's something on the other end of that exchange. And money, you know, you're called relative currency. Money is just a currency. We could be exchanging unicorn toys <laughs> for whatever we want. I have a five-year-old girl. So hence the unicorns. There's like unicorns to everything in here. Um, so we could exchange anything. And it's not necessarily just about the numbers. It's about how does that make you feel? So when you think about an investment, how I perceive an investment is that I'm getting a return in which that return and the value of that investment may or may not be immediate that return on the investment may occur one year, five years, 10, 20 years down the line. And when I have talked about investments with my husband, um, what I've realized is that sometimes we can be on different wavelengths with our finances. And if there's something that just doesn't jive with him, 
but it's something that I want to do. We will discuss it. And if we're unable to resolve that conflict, then usually in my mind, it is not worth the damage to our relationship for us to invest in said thing. And so I value the money, um, the time, the energy that we will have here and now and in the future. Because if my spouse and I are not on the same page, a divorce is also expensive. If my spouse and I are not on the same page, not sleeping is also very expensive. <laughs> you know, uh, having arguments and having children who grow up in a home that is not uh, comfortable and um, promotes their growth and development is also very expensive. So I just think about money as something that I'm exchanging to get something on the other end of that. And it has to be comprehensive perspective of what that return on investment is. I'll give you an example. Alicia and I actually had a conversation about this. We were just chatting a bit about opportunities that are presented to us now and where we are in our financial space and how um, we have various opportunities that our parents didn't have. And I'm so appreciative of that. And we have opportunities that our neighbors don't have or other members of our churches don't have. So I was on a I was on a call with an investor because every year our tax liability is significant despite making our quarterly payments above what is taken out of our, our paycheck. So I am always strategizing about how do we reduce our tax liability? One of the ways that we were re going to reduce our tax liability is using some investments that give us an immediate reduction in our taxes today. Hey everyone, that's it for this week, but be sure to tune in next week for the continuation of our interview with Dr. Brittany Halford. Thank you for listening to Relative Currency. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other major podcast platforms.